Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, enjoy this message in our current series, Signs of Life. Today begins what we call at Cape Cod Church our season of generosity. Um, It is where we get to highlight what God is doing around the world and across the street through our efforts. And we get to see what we get to be a part of. We started calling it a season of generosity some years back because it just, it, it, it seemed like something, it's almost like, here's why I love it so much. It's like Christmas comes early. That, that's what it feels like because we're going to talk for the next few weeks about what our giving has been able to accomplish. And we're going to dream a little bit about what God is yet able to do. And to do that, we've just decided the best way we know is just to share stories. So you're going to hear and see some really incredible, inspirational stories of how God is at work. And um, we're going to be unveiling four projects Um, that we're so excited about, that you can be a part of. Um, We're going to talk about one of those today, another next week, and then the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we've got two more stuff that we're doing around the world, across the street, and we're going to show you how you can be a part of that. Because here's what we said last week. We said, as a church, we're setting a goal to give away a million dollars for the work that God is doing, giving life and life to the full through our partners across the street and around the globe. That's a big goal, and it's a worthy one, and I'll tell you, we are on track to do it. In fact, there's a little bit of me that's like, oh, maybe we could do this in two years. I've never objected to being an overachiever. I'll let you know if it happens. We'll celebrate together, but you may sit back and go, whoa, a million dollars. Like, there's probably none of us that could just do that, right? We're, that's like, that's not where it's like, maybe you're sitting there and you're going, ah, like, what does that mean? I mean, honestly, I'm just, you know, maybe you're like me, I'm just trying to get my kids through college and like, this seems like overwhelming. So, let me give you three ways um, that you can be involved. In fact, um, there's, a, there's a little form. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to this, but it's out in the lobby, and you'll be able to get it. Let me give you three ways that we're going to do this over these three weeks. First, we're going to pray. Here's the deal. This is not about what we're able to do. It's about what God's able to do through us. right? And so we're going to intentionally invite him into this process. And here's how we're going to do that as a church. Um, you're going to see it a couple of times this morning. Um, we're going to have guests with us, and they're going to be sharing what God's doing, and they're going to be sharing the things that they're praying for, and then we as a church are going to pray for them. I don't want you to underestimate those moments. I'm just saying it right now so that when we stand as a church and we pray, we're inviting God to do what we can. We're, we're asking him to do more than we're capable of. And we're going to begin all of this with prayer. The second is giving. So we set a dollar amount to this. Um, I think it's good to have a goal and good to say, hey, here's what God is doing, and here's what we uh, think God wants to do through us. Now, maybe you're looking, and uh, you're like, a million dollars, Ben. Like, how does that happen? 
Well, let me tell you how it happens for most of us. For most of us, we can make the biggest impact in our giving by giving an amount each week. M many of you are just like Tammy and I. We don't have the ability to sit down and you know, write, a, write a big check and make it all happen. But when we plan our giving, and we just use it through the app, like a recurring gift every week. Maybe you're starting at $10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or $100 a week, whatever it is, you're setting it aside and you're saying, hey, I can make my biggest impact by planning my giving. And here's what God can enable me to do. I mean, honestly, $10 right now, that's like a large venti something or the other at Starbucks, right? So yeah, does it mean we've got to kind of adjust our pattern a little bit? Yeah, it does. Uh, I get a little alert on my phone every week uh, because of the recurring gift when it comes out. And it just reminds me, oh, and it's set up separate from my regular giving. It just reminds me, hey, uh, you were just involved to giving towards what God is doing in this area of giving life to people, spiritual, physical, across the street, around the world, as a church. Now, you may be in a position where you're like, you know what, I, you know, God's blessed me, and I'm actually one of those people, and I could just, I could write a check. I can make it, I can, I can make the biggest impact in a one-time gift, and you, you should absolutely do that. But here's what you should do first. Some of you thought that was funny. Oh, that's pretty. So you're like, wow, that's pretty bold. Like, okay, so you should pray about it first, but let me tell you what Jesus is going to say. Uh, really, we should pray. We should pray. Like, God, like, where are you at in this? And what do you want me to do? We should all do that at any amount. Because what we're asking God to do is to use us to do something bigger than ourselves. Here's the third way. You can go. So we've discovered over the years that when we're involved in doing something, it captures our heart. Not just giving, but going. So uh, we're going to give you the opportunity. Uh, we're going we're gonna to unleash four projects and a bunch of partners. And there's a form. It looks just like this. I'm multitasking here. Just like this. You can grab one in the lobby. There's a desk set up for this. And we're going to give you, you're going to hear about a trip we're going to take. Uh, I don't want to steal Tom's thunder, but we're sponsoring and uh, paying for the construction of a church in Arusha, Tanzania, and we're going to send a team over there to build it. And so that might be you. Um, you may decide, I would love to go and give a week, two weeks of my life to do this. Uh, we've got another project we're going to introduce to you next week that's in Costa Rica, a similar project that we're going to be underwriting. And then uh, the Sunday after um, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, we're going to introduce two more projects that are here on the Cape. Uh, as I told some of our leaders who were praying this morning, I said, uh, you can go to Africa or you can go to East Falmouth, right? We've got opportunities, folks. We're going to give you a way to go and actually be involved in doing the work. So I wanted to level set to begin this just to kind of tell you the different ways you could be involved so you know what we're talking about. Now, onto the good stuff. We want to tell stories. And uh, today, uh, we want to tell the story of what happens when a missionary and a doctor meet up and how 
God has used them in the most incredible of ways. I love this one because I got to be there and see it firsthand two years ago. Incredible. Uh, our partner, Vernon and Mary, are here. They're going to share some of their stories. They've been at it just about as long as we've been here, so about 30 years, right? And, but uh, in 30 years, I'm pretty happy. Like God enables us to start one church. They've started 21, so that's sort of humbling, um, plus a school, plus a medical clinic. I love what they're doing, and you're going to hear kind of how God wove some stuff together, and uh, he's going to speak to us for a little bit, and we got a little interview area we're going to set up, and we're going to kind of go into what this trip's going to look like. We want to tell another story, and I want to get this one first. What happens when a missionary and a businessman meet up? Now, this one, this one started here last year, which is kind of cool. So last year, you may remember, it was actually, I think, this weekend. Uh, we had with us one of our longtime partners, Greg Lyons, who leads Global Surge, Baptist Bible College Asia, Global Life University, a whole bunch of things in the Philippines. And God has just given incredible opportunities and open doors for them. And I've been pretty involved. I've been over there about three times. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm on the board of, of their school. So we've been involved in a number of, of things and partnering and investing in what they're doing. So last year, Greg was here. And Greg is never out of ideas. In fact, Greg's like one of those guys. I'm like careful when I ask what he needs because he's always like loaded with three or four things. Like, oh, you could do this. You could do this. You could do this. And I'm like, whoa, you're exhausting me. And it's a little bit scary. And so last year, Greg and I were talking and he said, listen, so we, we've, we've got this, this, this Bible college where we're training students and we're training them for the ministry of the local church, but many of them are also going overseas as missionaries. And because the, the, the economics of sending somebody from the Philippines to places like Saudi Arabia and Thailand, and it, the, the economics works much, much better than sending from America. And they're, they're just passionate about going. So they've started, they've got this school, they've got like a thousand students in this school and they're training them up. He said, but what we're finding is that there's a need for us to offer business education. Now, there's a couple of reasons for this. One is that they want to be able to uh, raise and equip marketplace leaders for the church in Metro Manila, which is one of the largest metro areas, like millions and millions and millions of people in that area. Uh, the other thing is it gives them it gives them marketplace entrepreneurial skills. It prepares them for that work and the work that's happening in the church. The other thing he says is, listen, when we send young people overseas, um, so say to Thailand, and I've been to them with, to Thailand with them. He says, when they go for an entry visa and they have a degree in both Bible and business, it changes everything. It means that they're not going to be in the government's eyes a burden on the economy. They're going to bring those business and entrepreneurial skills. They become what we often call tent makers. Have you ever, anybody, how many people have heard the term tent makers? There's, all right, for a couple of you that kind of grew up like a tent maker was, it's a term taken from the Apostle Paul, who when he went around made tents as a part of his living to support himself. So many of the times these missionaries going overseas are going over as, as entrepreneurs, are going over to work in business to support themselves so that they can do the work of the gospel. All right, all of that was background. So Greg is telling me all this, and I think, huh, I think I know people 
Like, this is my spiritual gift. Like, my spiritual gift is like, no people, oh, I should introduce you to so-and-so. So I said, it was right after the service. I said, oh, Greg, I should introduce you to Brian. Now, it turns out I actually know a fair amount of people who are involved in this kind of work, but I said, Brian, Brian and I had been involved in starting some stuff here that you've heard about, the Faith and Work Network and some different things and uh, intern coaching and things that we've done here at the church. I said, you should meet Brian. And the two of them met up, and they began to brainstorm what it would look like if they started with Global Life University, a school of entrepreneurship leveraging business leaders from here in the States and specifically from here at Cape Cod Church. It was such a cool thing. This was a year ago, and I thought the best way to do this would be just to sit down uh, with Brian and let you hear a little bit of what God has done over the past year. So would you help me welcome Brian Pierce from Cape Cod Church as we talk a little bit about what God's doing. I feel like Oprah. Thank you, Ben. Do I, you don't look like I don't Oprah. I look like Oprah. Well, that's a good start right there. Yeah, I don't have Oprah's budget either. Otherwise, we'd be looking for $10 million. That's what we'd be looking for. Exactly. Million, right. So uh, maybe the best place to start is you heard me give a little bit, and we've been talking about this story. Um, so maybe just from that intro, tell what's happened in the year and what God is is doing with... Is it called the Global Life University? Global Life University, which is affiliated with Baptist Bible College in, in the Philippines in Asia. All right, and then it's the School so, of... School of Entrepreneurship right, is the first school, really, within the Global Life University. So pick it up from there. So uh, through Pastor's kind introduction last year, basically a year ago this Sunday, probably, out on the patio... I started uh, having discussions with Greg and, and ultimately brought in Mark Buxton, who is the uh, VP of the college as well as a pastor in Manila, and we got looking for what God would have us to do in this program, and as Pastor has described, we really felt that we wanted to have a dual degree program, something that would come out of the Global Life University for some of the reasons that you articulated, but also that they would come with a solid training in Bible. And so we started to develop this curriculum. It's a four-year program. Each uh, semester, four semesters in a year, the students take two courses in business and entrepreneurship from the School of Entrepreneurship and two from BBCA. And so they will come out with that real good grounding. And what we also said is even within the courses that they're taking in the School of Entrepreneurship, we really want to dig and try and identify some biblical principles that pertain to the particular topics that we're looking at. So if we're looking at topics related to how do you treat a customer, you know, we definitely want to look at what the Bible has to say about how do you treat other people fairly as customers and so on. And, and it's been really interesting for me uh, as I've developed that curriculum to kind of go in and just realize how relevant uh, many of the scriptures are to some of the basic principles that we need in entrepreneurship. So long story short, we developed a plan. Uh, we started out to develop the curriculum and outline, and uh, here we are a year later. We've finished the first semester of, uh, of eight courses, uh, eight weeks rather, 16 courses, uh, cl classes taught. We're now into the second semester, 
Uh, we had 900 students express an interest, 300 that actually have been keeping uh, up with the program. Uh, about 200 of them or so are current every week with the, the course material. And we're it just sounds about, about normal. Yeah, it sounds like, about right. normal. <laughs> I, I love that story. One of the things I, I failed to say, and maybe I, I should add, is tell me a little bit about your background. And because I think that's kind of how God got you ready, right? You know, what you've done in your career and what brought you to the Cape. Sure. So I spent 38 years with Ernst & Young uh, in the last decade or so before I retired two years ago as global leader of entrepreneurship for the firm. So I uh, had the opportunity to visit over 50 countries as part of that and uh, and do a lot of work with entrepreneurs. So this was kind of my sweet spot, if you will, and uh, I was looking for a way that God could continue to use me in, in that role. And uh, so when you made the introduction, Pastor, a year ago, it really did seem like a God thing to uh, try and take that expertise and the connections. And, and I'd written a book, which we were able to leverage as well. And uh, so it really seemed like a great fit. Yeah, I love I love that, and I knew that you had been on the board of your alma mater, the business school in Canada. Correct. And um, so, I, I this really started in many ways. Going back a few years ago, we began talking about what we could do with all of the people um, at Cape Cod Church who are marketplace leaders involved in the marketplace, some of them like yourself retiring, some are still involved in the work, um, which has led us to be involved in a number of things. It, it kind of started many ways, folks, in a, a simple effort around uh, internship coaching, right? So we started an internship about four or five years ago, and we wanted to offer leadership coaching, and we had a lot of people at our church, like Brian, who had had all of this experience, who were enormously eager. That was the thing that surprised me, is how eager they were to invest in the lives of others. So I, I, I guess I say that to say that, you know, one thing often leads to another. And we started the Faith and Work Network, um, where we've been networking together, uh, marketplace leaders, workers, in, in different ways. We had some events this past summer with young adults, uh, with a pastor's group, and then we did one in August for leaders. So maybe you could talk to where you see uh, some of those uh, opportunities may be connecting with Global Life University. Absolutely. So I think, as we've talked, we've really been blessed here at Cape Cod Church with a lot of very experienced business leaders that have chosen to semi-retire, retire in the area here, and, and are still, you know, have a pretty full tank of gas and want to give Some back. of us got 10 more years. Yes. And I we're negotiating I, for 10 more. I wasn't referring to you. I was just, <laughs> I want to be clear about that. <laughs> so I think there are really three ways that uh, folks at, at Cape Cod Church can help out here. One is obviously to pray for these students. They are trying to decide their career path, whether to become uh, employees for someone else and bring that entrepreneurial mindset uh, so that they become great Christian employees. Uh, others will build a business in the Philippines and use some of the funds from that business to support hopefully their classmates and colleagues who uh, become full-time missionaries and others, as you mentioned, Pastor, you know, really are looking to go abroad from the Philippines, elsewhere in Asia or elsewhere in the world, and, and having this business training and credentials will give them greater mobility and, and access. So pray for them as they seek to figure out what that career path might look like for them and as they go through the course that they will really absorb uh, what they need to do. The second thing is, uh, you know, these are not 
people that were silver spoon kids that go to Harvard Business School. These are people, in many cases, that don't have a lot uh, that are coming to uh, the schools in uh, in the Philippines. And so if you do feel led, I know that Global Surge and the schools would, would welcome your gifts. And most importantly to me, uh, it would be great if there are people in the audience that would uh, like to share their insights from their own business careers, uh, and we can interview you on Zoom and put that in as part of the class material, and I'd be happy to speak with any of you if you're interested in that. And secondly, if you have particular uh, training, uh, we're already working with about a half a dozen people, Ben, that you've introduced me to, uh, including uh, uh, you know one of our members here that is very interested in just teaching some of the classes that he teaches to tech stars uh, to help bring that uh, knowledge to these students in the Philippines. So there's lots of expertise and insights out in the, uh, in the auditorium here, and we'd love to uh, make it easy for you to get that uh, translated and, and uh, put into Zoom into the Philippines. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that this is, uh, this is largely human capital, right? This is taking and using um, the, the gifts and the opportunities that God has placed in front of us and how we can use those for uh, the work of the kingdom and um, doing it in a novel, really um, sort of unexpected way. So I hope people will take you up on that and um, and connect with you. And I know you've already started and it's been fun for me to say, oh, you should meet so-and-so. And I know we've got a couple after and you should uh, you should find Brian. He's the guy with hair like me out in the lobby. Um, so do, uh, do, do find him for that. We want to, we want to finish by praying. Um, and specifically, we want to pray for the students. Um, uh, this has been one of our partners that we've invested in, but we see an opportunity here um, for God to do something that's um, that's unique, and we don't know exactly where God is taking it. Right? There's we 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 get new opportunities pop up, and you know, Greg was texting me yesterday, and oh, we should we we're thinking about this, and so I, I feel like maybe the thing to do is just pray, like God, would you would you show us where to go? Would you do Absolutely. what we can't do? And then uh, to pray for these students, because that's really what it's about. Like, that's the, you know, hundreds of students who have a heart for the work uh, of the gospel around the world. Who knows what God could unleash from all of that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Church, would you, um, would you stand with us? Um, I, I told you that uh, we were, <clears throat> we were going to pray. And in some cases, we're going to uh, pray uh, over our our missionary partners and the work they're doing. But this time, uh, we want to pray for students who we haven't met, and we probably never will. Um, we want to pray that uh, that God would, would inspire them and equip them, that he would put something in their heart, a, a, a passion, a fire for his work, and then through this work, he would equip them and then we want to pray that through his, his kingdom, his work, the work that God is doing in this world to help people find life. We've been talking about that for nine weeks. That God would expand that in ways we couldn't even imagine. Would you pray that with me? Father, we're just, we're just inspired by what you can do, Father, just through a a chance conversation, a quick meeting, an introduction, and then two people with 
hearts that align for the work you're doing, and they're willing just to give themselves to it, Father. But not just to people, Father. Thank you for a church like Cape Cod Church whose heart is just alive to what you're doing. And when they see opportunity, they run to it. And Father, we're, we're taken by this, this dream. We, we want to do more than we've ever done before. But Father, it all comes down to people's lives. And today we think of these hundreds of students who right now are taking classes in entrepreneurship, Father. But Father, we're not just raising up people who will be successful in business and make something for themselves, Father. We're, we're praying for people whose hearts would be on fire for you, who would use the skills and the credentials that they gather to bring the gospel to the nations, Father. That's our prayer. So we pray for hundreds of students right now, Father. We pray for the one who's struggling, Father, that they wouldn't give up. We pray for the one who's got all the talent in the world and is standing at a crossroads deciding whether they'll use that for your kingdom or their kingdom, Father. We pray that you would raise up from this group young men and young women who go out and change the world and Father, we pray that you would use us, Cape Cod Church, to accomplish your purposes. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this morning, uh, Pastor Ben's already kind of leaked it a little bit, but uh, we have the great honor of having one of our uh, missionary partners with us, uh, our missionary partner couple with us this morning. Um, Vernon and Mary Smith uh, are longtime missionaries. They've been partners with Cape Cod Church for almost 20 years now, I think. And uh, about 30 years ago, um, they pulled up stakes. They took their three small children, um, and they moved to Tanzania. And they've been ministering there ever since on behalf of the gospel that Ben was just talking about. Um, as he mentioned, they have started not one, not two, not three, but 21 uh, churches in Tanzania. Yeah, yeah. And their heart was for starting churches and bringing the gospel to uh, the people of Tanzania. But along the way, they also uh, accidentally started a medical clinic. Uh, they started a school. Uh, they, uh, uh, Vernon's going to tell you all about that. Uh, we're looking forward to a chance to uh, go and be uh, in partnership real time with them next year. Um, but would you uh, join me in giving a big Cape Cod church welcome to Vernon Smith? <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Tom. It is a joy for Mary and I to be back at Cape Cod Church. 16, 17 years since we were here. So thank you, Pastor Ben, as well, and, and all of you, Cape Cod Church. In fact, you made Mary and I feel at home in the very first song. You don't even know this. You don't know why. But in Tanzania, we clap for every song we sing. So when you guys started off and we're clapping and some of you swaying and we were too, we were like, this congregation is not rhythmically challenged like other congregations. <laughs> so thank you for that. We feel at home and, we're, and we appreciate it. Yeah. Well, 
This place also is awesome. Super congratulations for the wonderful facility. And uh, Mary and I would like to say thank you, Cape Cod Church, for the wonderful welcome, excellent accommodations, superb fellowship and food. And uh, in fact, as we were talking yesterday with Pastor Ben, spending some time with he and also Tammy and some others, we we're grateful to see how much, and even listening this morning, to see how much your vision and our visions are parallel. And we praise God for that. Maybe that's why we partner together. This morning, I'd like to ask you, church, to get ready to celebrate because that's part of what this season is about, your season of, generation, of, of generosity and celebration for what the Lord has done. So get ready to rejoice together at what the Lord has done because by God's grace, you've been faithful, you've been generous, and by God's grace, we've been faithful to work in Tanzania, and we want to give you a glimpse of what your praying and your giving has done over the past years in Tanzania. So who are we? Mary and I are Baptist Bible Fellowship missionaries uh, since 1988. Uh, we're grateful that in these 33 years since starting that journey, God has allowed us to start two churches in the cities of Tanzania, one in Morogoro, one in Arusha, and 19 village churches. Along with that, we have a four-year Bible Institute program in the local churches with uh, cap and gown graduations every year. For the past four years, we've been able to graduate anywhere from 26 to 30 people from that four-year course. We have a youth camp program which reaches freely into the public schools, and the result is that we have been able to take over 2,000 high schoolers to camp every year from Arusha, and the statistic is that about 20% and sometimes more will accept Christ as their Savior. Our city church has developed, amen. The city church has developed as well into being the community hub for our neighborhood. It's a youth center, gates open every day. Um, it's open with, uh, with volleyball and basketball and mini soccer and swing sets and jump rope and throw rocks, whatever, you name it. That's what the kids do every evening. And in fact, in our neighborhood, it's known very well that if there's a child who hasn't reported home as he's supposed to, the first question is, have you checked at the Baptist? <laughs> because that's probably where they are. Well, in all these years, the Lord has also blessed us to be able to build village churches, see tons of people come to know Christ through these efforts. When a village church gets to upgrade from a mud hut, thatched roof, roof type of a structure, and then gets to, be, uh, to have a new building with cement blocks and a tin roof, they become one of the best structures in the community, and it's a wonderful tool for continuing to minister to the folks of their, of their village, of their tribe, of their community. Well, 16 years ago, we started a Christian elementary school. There are 280 kids on campus every day with two preschool classes, kindergarten, first through seventh grade. And even though all of our other ministries are 100% done in Swahili, the Christian day school is not. It's an English medium school. That's the way the country is going. That's what the parent wants, the parents want as well. Again, just grateful for that open door. And all of this, by the way, when I say we have or our, I mean, I, mean, I mean we, as in Cape Cod Church, together with the Smiths in Tanzania. At the bottom of our prayer letter, there's a saying that reads this. It says, we couldn't do what we do if you didn't do what you do. And by the way, missionaries are in a dangerous position when they report. You know, if there's been good things going on, it may seem like we're bragging. One time there was a gentleman who came up to me after service and said, missionary, you bragging? And I said, well, well yes, but not on us on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You see, Luke chapter 17, verse 10 says that we are all unprofitable servants and we've done that which is our duty to do. So this morning, as we talk and share about this aspect of reaching out, about being generous for the sake of the gospel, for helping people around the world, may we glory not in what we have done, but rather let's rejoice in what God has chosen to do in and through us. Amen? Yeah. So that's why we can celebrate this morning. We celebrate this morning over the impact that your prayers and generous giving have had over these past years. Rejoice in the fact that these gospel efforts have brought spiritual life to people who have had no hope, physical help to ease some of the burden of the difficult circumstances in our country. Now, when we left Tanzania, they told us this. Now, be sure and greet everybody in America. Now, we're not gonna see everybody in America, but we're seeing you today, all right? So um, uh, some things have changed. A lot of things have changed since we've seen you 16 years ago. But one thing hasn't changed, and that's our language. It's Swahili. Here's the greeting. It would sound like this. And what that means is, on behalf of the Bible Baptist Church of Olorien, we greet all of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How you doing? That's kind of that last part there. <laughs> Let me pull you into our culture just a little bit more. Some of you may remember this from 16 years ago, but in our culture, when someone is giving a report, preaching, teaching, they often might throw in a little phrase here. It's kind of an exclamation point. It's praise the Lord, but it's in Swahili. Buana Sifiwe in Swahili means praise the Lord. And so in our culture, even if you're not paying attention, you're doodling, maybe even dozing off, if you hear Buana Sifiwe, our culture demands that people give a good hearty amen. So since you clapped well already, perhaps maybe you could help continue to make me feel at home by, by answering with a good amen if I say Buana Sifiwe. Would you do that? All right, here we go. Buana Sifiwe. All right, well, that's our exclamation point from time to time. Well, the Lord has opened doors of ministries which have complemented the church planning efforts. Uh, Pastor Ben mentioned about a missionary meeting with a, a, a doctor. So 15 years ago, a Congolese refugee family living in our community there in Tanzania was invited to our church. This doctor and his family had begun attending the church. They got involved in the teen department. He was not allowed to practice medicine because of his refugee status. So he was teaching French in a local university to make ends meet. One of five languages, bless his heart, that he can speak fluently. Um, you know what you call someone who speaks three languages, right? He's trilingual. Someone who speaks two languages, he's bilingual. Someone who speaks one language, American. <laughs> well, 12 years ago, through a marvelous event, a set of marvelous events, really, we were able to start the Olorian Community Clinic and uh, this doctor at the helm. And at the beginning, we kind of imagined, you know, two rooms, maybe one room with a bottle of aspirin, another room with a doctor and a stethoscope. But God has built that thing more than we could ever imagine. Many doors were open for us to purchase land, uh, build buildings, provision of equipment. And among the many, many wonderful doors that were open, the most significant one at the time was that of the doctor being able to get registered in Tanzania, become fully licensed and recognized to practice medicine in Tanzania. Buana Sifiwe. The longer I work with him, the more I realize what a good doctor he is. 
And on top of that, he's a spiritual man who's concerned about the souls of his patients as well as their physical health. Today, as I speak, we have two doctors, four nurses, three lab techs, several blood analyzers, two people in radiology with our new x-ray machine, a miracle story, a new ultrasound machine, another great story, one person in the pharmacy, Christian counselor, a number of support staff in areas like reception, security, cleaning, cook for the staff as well. By the way, last month alone, over 120 x-rays, over 180 ultrasounds in our one little clinic. We are so grateful. Typically, the clinic sees 60 to 100 people every day, six days a week, and at least twice per year, if not more, depending on the funds available, we'll take the whole staff out to a village, prearranged, and do a mobile clinic for the day. So just a month ago, they did a mobile clinic and 456 people were seen in one day with general uh, care as well as eye care and also dental care. Buenas if you way. In 12 years, <laughs> this is amazing to me. Uh, Pastor Tom said this yesterday in the men's meeting, but it's true. In 12 years, over 300,000 patients have been seen at the clinic and they all receive Christian literature when they leave, and if they wish, they can receive Christian counseling. Let me talk about the Christian counseling for just a minute. 10 years ago, Mary and I led one of our night guards from the clinic and his wife. We led them to the Lord in their home. Ibrahim came from a different religious background, not Christian, as you could imagine. He accepted Christ, got baptized, eventually joined the Bible Institute, and was eventually trained as a counselor. So now he's not a night guard anymore. He's a Bible college graduate, a counselor. And so Ibrahim speaks and counsels to people every day there at the clinic. So no one in our Swahili culture uh, would ever refuse to be prayed for, especially for in a hospital situation, regardless of re religious affiliation or background. So he prays for all of them on some level or another and is able to lead someone to the saving knowledge of Christ almost every week. Praise the Lord. I, I, I mean, buenas if you way. So the clinic, together with our Bible Baptist Church across the street, helps to sponsor different things like, like uh, soccer tournaments from time to time, again, helping to continue to build relationships within our community. So by the way, the church is self-supporting by design. The school is self-supporting by design, but the clinic is not self-supporting, and that's by design also. It's designed to be a partial charity clinic. So the people do pay for services, but at a rate of about 25% of what any of the other clinics around or hospitals around would charge. So the clinic is supported through New Hope Initiative, which is another partner of Cape Cod Church and Sandy Baird and Karen Baird. Now, so they are able to provide about half of the need of the clinic per month, and the other half comes from uh, just the fees that are collected by the, uh, uh, by the workers there because of the patients. So uh, that's a quick overview. There's a lot to tell. Here's the question. Why do we do what we do, church? Why do we do these things? Why do you and I partner together for missionary work? And the simple answer is this. We do it for the honor and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I wanna say this, friends, our God is sovereign. His name will be great among the nations. If you have your Bibles and would like to look at Malachi chapter one and verse 11, it'll also be up on the screen. Malachi 1:11, the prophet said this, my name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. 
My name shall be great among the nations, God says. And so because God is sovereign, because he's the only wise God, the Alpha and the Omega and the beginning and the end, it means that God can do anything. And here's the, here's the cool part. He wants to use you and I in his plan. He wants you to be able to be generous and touch your community, touch your town, touch your country, and of course to reach out and to be generous to the nations through your continued and enhanced missions programs of your church. So again, we ask why? Because God's sovereign plan brings life. For just a few more minutes, let me go and ask you a couple of questions about the sovereignty of God. They are rhetorical questions. You'll know the answer immediately. And here's number one. If God is sovereign, then why not pray? You know, it's been said that when men work, men work. But when men pray, God works. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 and 19, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. My friends, in order to reach out, in order to be, to be generous with the gospel, prayer to our sovereign God is part of what we do. Pastor Ben just said that. Pray for global workers. Pray for people like ourselves who indeed need to be able to be uh, enriched and, and enabled to open our mouths boldly and fearlessly to proclaim the salvation found in Jesus Christ. Cape Cod Church, I wanna say thank you for that same vision that you have because truly our God is sovereign. I know you pray, you have prayed, and I know we're gonna be praying in the future. God bless you. Number two, it says this. If God is sovereign, then why not go? Romans 10, 14, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? Truly, it's a huge issue when it comes to reaching others. We can, we, how, how can they hear without someone preaching, without someone going to them and giving them the good news? Well, Mary and I wanna to testify to you this morning that it has been a joy to be a goer. Have we had trials? Yes. Have we had difficulties? Most certainly. Have there been times when we've wondered, what are we doing here? Yeah, that happens. But the blessings are so much greater than the trials because the God we serve, the true God, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he is big, he is able. My friends, he is sovereign. Buona sifiwe. Number three, if God is sovereign, then why not give? Missionaries aren't lone wolves. We are sent out by the authority of a local New Testament church, supported financially and prayerfully uh, by churches like Cape Cod Church. And that, that, that partnership has produced wonderful results. As I, we've already talked about some of the things that we've done, your prayers and generosity have helped Mary and I to be goers. In our going, we've also been able to build many church buildings, as I mentioned earlier. Typically, a 60-foot long by 22-foot wide church building could be built last year for eighteen dollars to $20,000. And these buildings will seat approximately 150 people American style and about 250 people Tanzanian style right? Um, you realize that um, uh, personal space is an invention of the Western culture, so we're not too worried about it over there. In fact, in our city of Arusha, we have 15 passenger vans that are the public transport size of buses that run through the city. So here's the question. See if you can yell out, just yell out the answer. How many people can fit on a public transport 15 passenger van? 32, 40, 60? 
a (laughs) hundred. All of these are good guesses, but the correct answer is one more. (laughs) So with that said, similarly in the churches, in the many times that we've built, typically the whole village will come out on dedication day. Congregations of normal 30 or 40 or 50 in attendance swell to amazing numbers. Bible Baptist Church of Kwambe, over 400 in attendance on opening day. 14 had been prepared for baptism and eight more adults gave their lives to Christ by the end of the service. In Bible Baptist Church of Minyuge, over 700 came out for that dedication day, 14 saved. Bible Baptist Church of Oltukai, over 400 in attendance on opening day, and six accepted Christ as their Savior. Bible Baptist Church of Bwawani, over 300 in attendance, and 22 adults gave their lives to Christ, and the list goes on. Thank you, by the way, for being so responsive with that. Interestingly, at another church that was just opened last year, there were over 300 in attendance, 11 accepted Christ as their Savior. A couple of days before the opening service, the pastor and one of the builders were walking around the builder, uh, the building just to check things out. And as they came around the front, there was a leopard laying on the porch of the church. When they told me the story, I wondered in my mind if the leopard was coming to church to change his proverbial spots. No, no. That's bad, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, we will never know anyway, because the pastor and the builder ran away. (laughs) Well, Cape Cod Church, these type of reports have happened again and again over the years as as we've had the opportunity to venture out into the villages to start, establish, and to build churches. So what, uh, what, what we need to understand and remember, and I know you know this, the building is not the church. The people are the church. However, a building is an amazing tool that the church can use for its identity and the community, can use it for its place of worship and also for a launching out point because they too, by the way, have the great commission in their Bible which says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's their responsibility as well. I wanna say that these people are coming to Christ not because of a building, but because of the preaching of the gospel. It is a fact that Jesus Christ, our Savior, was crucified on an old rugged cross, that he shed his blood, he gave his life, he died, he was buried, and he rose again from the dead. And the ongoing good news is that whosoever will may come. And this is the message that many men and women in Tanzania have believed. How does all this happen? It happens because our God is sovereign, and so is his plan. Someone is willing to send, Cape Cod Church, thank you, Someone is willing to go, the Smiths, and that partnership together is what brings new life into the lives of people. Buona Siviwe. Number four, and I'm gonna go quickly for these last three. If God is sovereign, then why not go through the open door? Pastor Ben said that. We are church planning missionaries. Our goals are evangelism, discipleship, higher training, eventual turnover to national leadership. And yet, God opens the door door to use different kinds of ministries to be able to complement the efforts of a church planting ministry. You remember that we talked about a Christian school. Uh, We have that elementary school. I told you about the size of it, but also I didn't say that they truly do get a quality education, Bible lessons, gospel presented regularly. The school provides quality food for tea break and also for lunchtime. They eat a wonderful rice and beans meal, sometimes ugali and beans or ugali and meats. 
Ugali is a cornflour product that is stirred into boiling water. It produces kind of a blob on a plate, this kind of uh, a bready staple food. And what you do is you reach in there and get you some with your hand and work it, and then you dip it into the beans and then you eat it. And the reason it got its name Ugali is because the first settlers that came over ate that and said, Ugali. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love that stuff. Something really cool is about half of the teachers and the staff of the school are church members. So there's a built-in economy there. They're able to get paid on time, meet their obligations on time, give to the church on time. Same thing is true across the street at the clinic. They have about half of the, of the employees there are also um, uh, church members. So they get paid on time, meet their obligations on time, and they too give on time, making that church in Olorien a strong church. And we're grateful for that. All of these things work together for the more whole approach to giving the gospel in every aspect of our daily Christian walk. Cape Cod Church, thank you for your similar view and for your prayer and support that have made this kind of stuff happen. Number five, if God is sovereign, then why not dream? Dream of a nation turned to Christ of many churches planted who give to missions, of, a pa of pastors who know the word of God because of going through the Bible Institute program. This is all part of the dream, part of the biblical vision of planting churches. Number six, if God is sovereign, then why not, why not have fun along the way? Um, there was a misconception some years ago that you better not say, hey, Lord, I don't wanna go to Africa because God will send you there. You know, I just kind of think that God loves us and he wants the best for us. And since all of us are made differently, I believe that God will send you where you suited to go. And by the way, Mary and I have been there and we love it. And we invite you to come as well. Buenos way. Dream and then go and have some fun with it. Our emphasis have been youth ministry, youth camp, sports ministries, discipleship, higher training, Bible Institute. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We made another uh, milestone this last year and I'm finishing up very quickly. In 2020, last year, the Lord allowed us to reach yet another milestone in missionary ministry at the Bible Baptist Church of Olorien. I pastored there for 18 years, but on September 6th last year with honored guests, church members, our God-honoring worship team and worship service and with standing room only, it was my privilege to pass the torch of the word of God and of leadership to Pastor Abraham Stanislaus to become the lead pastor of this ministry. Abraham was saved 18 years ago through sports ministry, came up through the ranks, discipleship, Bible school, my, in, my intern, and now married with two kids. He's a preaching machine that God has used to lead hundreds of young people to Christ. Buona Sifiwe. Together with his wife and a six-man leadership team and their wives, they're continuing on, and listen to this statement, they're continuing on without the missionary. They're continuing on without the missionary. That's important because that's what missionaries do. We go to work ourselves out of a job and leave it in the hands of nationals who can continue when the missionary's off the scene. Last question. If God is sovereign, then why not you? Why not you? What part are you playing in worldwide evangelism and in missions now? Have you wrestled at least with the possibility that God is calling you to foreign missions? to be a long-term missionary, that, that, that's possible. What will you do differently in missions this year after your month 
of, of, of thinking about being generous to the community and generous to the nations. Will you pray? Will you increase your offerings so others can go? Would you go through the open door that God is presenting to you, perhaps right here at Cape Cod Church? Would you consider a short-term missionary trip with your church? The bottom line is this, folks. God's plan works. And you don't need our testimony to tell you that, that his word is true and that his plan works. And yet, we get to stand in front of you with a different, at, a, at this time in our lives, uh, we're not trying to sell you a product and say, try this and maybe it'll work for you. We get to stand in front of you and say, it has worked, God's plan is, is working, and we, and we get to say that his word is true, and we get to say, buona si way. <laughs> Truly, we couldn't do what we do if you didn't do what you do. Cape Cod Church, thank you for your faithfulness. It is our pleasure and our privilege to represent you in Tanzania. Mary and I promise by God's grace to be faithful on that side of the water while you are faithful on this side of the water. And truly in all of this, it's our honor to invite you to continue with us as we return to Tanzania to continue with church planting, Bible Institute training, and to use any and all tools and means that the Lord will open the doors for. The big idea today has been this. I, I've given you many subpoints, but the big idea is this. God is sovereign. Let's do this. Buona sefiwe. Let me pray for you just quickly. Oh Lord, thank you for your blessings to us. We do not deserve your mercy and grace. And yet, Lord, you have been merciful. And so, Father, we want to thank you for Jesus. We want to thank you for our salvation, and I want to thank you for Cape Cod Church, for Pastor Ben and his leadership, and oh Lord, I pray that in the days ahead, you would find them all faithful, make them a force, a driving force for your honor and glory. We love you, Lord, and thank you for the opportunity to partner together, and we pray that this partnership will continue to produce results that we could place at your feet someday in heaven. We pray and thank you in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Believe this. So, um, just want to follow up, Vernon, and uh, thank you for an awesome message. Why not? Amen. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the bottom line. If God is sovereign, why not? Hey, uh, we are excited about our 2022 partnership with you. We've been, we've been partners for, for almost two decades now, um, but uh, this year, this coming year, we're going to dive in on a project. Um, that project is, as you said, to, to build a church building uh, for your 22nd church. Correct. And you and Mary are going to pastor this one. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we're committed as a church to, uh, to fund that somewhere in the twenty dollars to $25,000 range. We're all in for that. Um, tell, us, uh, tell us a little bit about the timing and how that construction will take place. So whenever you go into a new area, a missionary, one of the first questions they have to ask is what is going to be your connection point with the people? As a foreigner going into a Tanzanian country, they look at us at, you know, from a distance and don't want to get close. So we have typically used sports over the years to be able to make that connection point. And so our goal when we return is to be able to identify an area, get some land, and begin to uh, open you know, soccer ball, a volleyball, a volleyball and uh, get that stuff going because that's how 
how we started the church that we just turned over. Uh, 18 years ago, we started with a volleyball net. So typically what happens is a church building can, after it's funded, can be built for about two to three months, and then we're ready for the building crew to come, and when the crew comes, they can build the trusses, set the trusses, put the tin on the roof, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, then, and then at the end of the week, we have what we call the kill the cow dinner on the grounds dedication Ooh. day. Do they eat bacon in Tanzania by any chance? Just, yeah, no, just an <laughs> odd question. Just an odd, odd question. Hey, um, our folks are already very excited about this idea of, of coming over for, for that final, final push for, for a trip. Uh, but not everybody is a construction type. Um, so uh, what, what are the kind of things would we be doing on the trip next year, next fall, um, other than swinging hammers and eating cow? The possibilities are many. I would say this, that it depends on how your group comes together, but here are the opportunities. Number one, to visit and be with some of the churches in the area. Number two, I would say that if there's a group that could get together kind of a one-hour program that would include some music, a skit, a Bible lesson, heavy on the, on the humor, we have an open door into 22 public high schools in Arusha. Uh, high school is in English. Now, that doesn't mean they all know English that well, but it does give, a, uh, give some leverage for a group to come over and to use their English. These guys are wanting to hear it and use their skills to try to interact with you. So that is an, op an opportunity. And honestly, every time we've gone in, we see people accepting Christ as their Savior because of a program like that. Of course, Vacation Bible School is always something that can be done in, in the churches or, or a modification of that same program that I just said. Also, the clinic. If there are medical people that want to come along, um, we are already set up with the government to host you. You can come in and work with Dr. Biemba and with the nurses there and plug you into a certain area, you know, for a day or two or three, depending on how the schedule works. So there's different avenues for sure. Uh, one more is the fact that since we're going to be in a situation of, of, of sports, if we're in a position to be able to have a tournament, maybe it'll come to a head while the team is there and you guys can be the counselors in the counseling tent as teams rotate through those tents and they do that willingly because they want to win jerseys at the end of the day <laughs> that's fantastic that's fantastic in a minute we're going to pray mary mary would you would you come up with us uh, uh, so we can pray as a congregation for you and vernon um yeah <laughs> sure We're excited. Um, we're, we've been excited to be your partners for years, and uh, we are excited about what 2022 is going to bring. And uh, we just want to pray as a congregation uh, to, to bless you. Would, would you stand again as, as we pray for Vernon and Mary? Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you uh, for your sovereign grace. We thank you for calling and sending, and we thank you. Uh, that Vernon and Mary, and not just them, but their kids as well, answered that call to go to Tanzania 30 years ago, over 30 years ago now. Um, we are excited, and we uh, ask your blessing on this partnership. Uh, right now, we ask you to inspire uh, those who will give and those who will go um, to make this uh, new church building uh, a reality and, and make it a reality that we can all celebrate because you made it happen. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for uh, your son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you that he is what Vernon and Mary are all about. Uh, we as a congregation uh, ask your blessing on them in the years to come, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this message from our Signs of Life series. 
If this is your first time listening, we would love to meet you in person. We have services every Sunday at 10 a.m. in East Falmouth, Massachusetts. Or if you're not local, you can join us for our live stream services on YouTube at the same time. If you enjoyed the Cape Cod Church podcast, we hope you'll consider leaving us a review too so that other people can discover us as well. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at Cape Cod Church. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.